0: Welcome to Jersey Justice, a civil law podcast that shares practical tips and stories about personal and workplace injuries. Join two of the brightest New Jersey injury attorneys, Gerald Clark and Mark Morris of Clark Law Firm, as they take you behind the scenes of justice and civil law. But first, a quick disclaimer the information shared on this podcast is for general information purposes only. Nothing on this site should be taken as legal advice for any individual case or situation. This information is not intended to create and does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. What happens when someone gets injured in their apartment building or apartment complex? So I'm here with Mark and Jerry, and I want to talk to them and see What their thoughts are on this because i think there's a lot of injuries that happen in apartment complexes and you think about it it's a responsibility of the property management company or the landlord to create a safe environment for all the residents but as we know that doesn't always happen so i'd love to hear some stories from you guys or maybe any cases that you've heard about or worked on where the apartment complexes were at fault and people got injured like what happened
1: Well, the thing with apartment complexes is, is, so it's no different than any other premises liability case. A premises liability case is where someone gets hurt on someone's property, whether it's at like a restaurant, a business, someone's home. So basically anyone that owns property, generally speaking, is supposed to make sure that the property is reasonably safe for anyone that comes on there. So... Premises liability cases are basically where there's a property owner. Anyone that owns property, whether it's a business or a house or an apartment complex, is supposed to keep the property reasonably safe for anyone that comes on it. And it's basically a public policy thing to make sure that people aren't needlessly injured. So, you know, if you're a business owner or a homeowner, um, you have to keep it reasonably safe and there's like different levels of safety depending on who's on there. And uh, one way, uh, I can talk about the different levels of safety or the different level of care that's required is that movie, liar, liar. I, I don't like the idea of the movie, like liar, liar, like lawyers are liars. Definitely we've experienced a lot of, uh, lawyers that lie in, in litigation or in cases And they twist reality so much that it rises to the level of a lie. But it's the funniest thing because it's like you're not allowed to call someone a liar. It's like a super harsh thing. I don't know. You have to use other words like, oh, misrepresented or not based in the record. Generally, if you call someone a liar, it's kind of a turnoff. But anyway, there's that movie Liar, Liar. And there's that funny part in it where um, the secretary is like mad at him and he can't lie anymore. And the secretary... The secretary's mad because someone broke into her apartment and got injured and sued her, the secretary, the guy that broke in that was trying to rob her. And um, and, and I forget what man is like. It's like I had to pay him twenty thousand dollars. And, and uh, um, Jim Carrey and Liar Liar is like, I would have got him 50. It's kind of a funny thing. Um, but what that relates to apartment comp. First of all, in that movie, like I think she said I had to pay him money. The way that works is she wouldn't have had to pay anything. It's always, not always, but almost always unless there's something unusual happens. It's almost always the insurance. So if you own a home, it's a homeowner's insurance would pay the case and pay for the lawyers and renters should get renter's insurance. But anyway, the reason that relates to it is because different people on the property, depending on their status on the property, and depending on what state it happens in, there's a different level of care. So business invitees, which are people that go on to a property, may, meaning go to a store to buy something, they're called business invitees. Or if you go to a show, you go to a concert, you'd be like a business invitee because you're there as part of business, you're paying something. They're owed the highest level of care. And then you have people called invitees or, or licensees where you're allowed to come on the premises, but you're not paying anything for it. And then the people that get the lowest level of care meaning the case would be the hardest to prove is trespassers. So in Liar Liar, in that situation, the guy that was robbing it would, would be called the trespasser. But in reality, the guy who was robbing her apartment complex where she lived, no lawyer would take that case, at least not any lawyers I know, because it would be super hard.
0: That's good. That, that, I like that story. I think the audience will like that story.
1: Yeah. So, you know, it's not terribly unique for apartment complexes. Um, one thing that can get kind of edgy about it is if there's a community association that runs it, like if there's a management association. So what happens is if you're a member of like a condo association, there would be like a condominium association that runs it. Right. And then they, they may have uh, they have what's called bylaws and all this stuff. And that document is super important. To look at that, to determine what the rights are and the liabilities are of the people that live in the condo as against the condo association. But it's all important stuff because people have died from businesses not keeping a safe premises and got really injured. And when people get injured, like I had a call with a woman yesterday on a case, a potential case, and she's like, I'm a single mom, you know, I teach. Now I have this, you know, horrible pulmonary injury from what happened and I'm the only breadwinner in the hat. And, you know, they they go on and on. I'm like, listen, I get it. I understand. I've been doing these cases a long time. I really understand how this affects your life and everything. So you could joke and say, oh, it's not really terribly exciting or who cares about this unless it happens to you. Um, But I know Mark has an interesting uh, story. In terms of it's not so much an apartment complex, but it's very similar because it dealt with, um, like a negligent security thing in connection with a mall in Marlton. And there's this interesting story Mark probably has about that if he remembers where the person got mugged by, I think it was like a, a meth addict or a heroin addict or something.
2: Yeah, it was, it was two heroin addicts that were like casing out in the area. Jerry's right. Like we could try pretty hard to make apartment complex cases <laughs> sound interesting. I, you know, personally found the classification of trespasser versus invitee, you know, breathtaking. But that, that really is a law. Sometimes there's aspects of it that are really dry. And then there's aspects like the story aspects that are, that can be fascinating. I had an apartment case where a nice young lady tripped and fell down a stairwell that didn't have proper lighting and the stairway was too steep. She hurt her ankle. Like that's kind of about as exciting as a apartment complex case can get. Um, unless it's one, I think that Jerry's kind of mentioning segueing into, which is more like negligent security cases, which is like a fancy way of saying something really bad happened almost with like a criminal, criminal element to it, uh, to someone. And they got hurt like real bad.
0: Well, bingo. I'll give you guys some examples and you guys can give me your, you know, professional legal opinion. Like what if you live in an apartment complex and it's like a luxury complex and then there's like doors that go into the garage and there's plenty of doors, and these doors, because they are key fob access, are broken and they've been broken for weeks because the company says, Oh, we have to order a part. We don't have the part in stock, blah, blah, blah. And then, while meanwhile, the people who live in the apartment complex are complaining, complaining because they're worried for their safety. Now, hypothetically, if somebody happened to come into the building and do something and someone got injured, I wouldn't that be a pretty big liability on part of the management property management company for not fixing that in a timely manner?
2: So one of the things that you said in there, I think would kind of be key to a a case like that. A lot of times we have to worry about notice and knowledge. Like basically was it foreseeable that something bad could have happened? And then was there complaints or were there complaints about the condition that made it potential for this dangerous thing to happen? So if there's, records if people have documented if it's you know comes out in discovery that there's been complaints like hey we're concerned about this can you fix this if it doesn't get fixed um that that can be a pretty good case but a lot of times what the law looks for is like what's fair what's what's like foreseeable like would it be foreseeable that if those locks are broken that someone could break into the the complex and, and hurt someone so if there's been complaints and people saying hey we're concerned for our safety like that's a plus that's definitely something that's really helpful If there have been other violent crimes in the area, like that's extremely helpful. And then the most helpful of all of all would be like if something similar had happened before to that complex and they haven't changed anything or done anything different um, about it. And so that a lot of times like, you know, in the law, like there's different things like New Jersey with dog bites. You don't get like one free bite before the owner of the dog's responsible. Like if the dog bites someone and they get injured, that's a case. It's strict liability. With like products, if somebody gets hurt using a product, it's not like, well, you know, we didn't know that someone could have gotten hurt because no one's gotten hurt before. Like, you don't get one free injury before there's um there's a case. But with negligence security, it's a little bit touchier because like if I'm in the nicest neighborhood in the world and you know, that's where my apartment is and there's been no issues before, and I walk outside and someone mugs me and I break my collarbone and you know, have to get surgery. That could be a really tough case if there's no prior records that there was anything, if there's no complaints about dangerous things. Like, if there's the big thing is in in a lot of these negligent security cases, is we want to get like the records of criminal activity in the area around them. So, like the case Jerry's talking about, it was this really nice, like open air mall. It was high end stores. Um, You know, it was like an Apple store, probably like American Eagle, whatever you think of when you think of like higher end stores. this like particular night they were putting on a summer concert event series. And it's not like they've got like Metallica or some huge band. It was like probably a little band there for like kids. And um, it brought on like a few more people to watch this event. And so this mall knew that like by putting this event on that they'd get more guests um, and all this. And that's why they did it. So they get more guests, they can make more money. And so we, you know, we took the deposition and I asked like, okay, so you guys put this event on like, what steps did you make sure that like this heightened influx of people were we going to be safe and they're like well you know we didn't really do much we just talked to the the two security guards that were on duty we told them just to patrol the perimeter so i'm like all right great is that written anymore anywhere are there post orders like how is that communicated they're like oh we just uh we just told them and we're like okay so i took the security guard's step <laughs> and the guy's like how much longer am i gonna be here like he you know i thought he was going to topple over during the deposition. So this is the security company they had gone out and hired. Um, so with that case, there is, were two targets.
1: Isn't that, is that the guy that would drive around in the maintenance truck or something? Was yeah. A maintenance man doubling as the security yep. guard for the place. Yeah. They
2: literally had a maintenance truck and they just take this like amber light and stick it on top and drive around. And that was supposed to be security. And uh, the, there were two targets, like two main sets of defendants in that case. It was like the mall itself because they're, they're the premise, that, like the property owner, they have a duty similar to an apartment complex to keep the property safe from unreasonably dangerous conditions. Um, and then there are the security guards themselves. Since they'd gone out, they'd been brought in to do a service. They have to follow the standards in their field, make sure they don't deviate from the standards and they're doing what they're supposed to be doing, which is providing security. So it turned out for this um this summer concert event, these two security guards, they're their orders from the general manager whose experience was like, she had worked at a banana Republic for a couple years before the like general manager said, all right, I want you guys to patrol the perimeter. So these guys, what they were doing is it came out through the deposition. Um, I was like, all right, where were you when the event occurred? They were like, Oh, we were standing, you know, watching the, the concert. And I was like, so what was your back to? They're like, well, our back was, was to everything else. And then the other guy, I was like, all right, well, what was your role? He's like, well, we were supposed to be going like opposite ways. So we had the perimeter covered the whole time. And it's like, all right, was your attention supposed to be on the crowd at the concert? No, it was to patrol the perimeter. Where were you at the time of the event? Oh, I was watching the concert. Where was the other security guard? Oh, he was right next to me. How long were you guys in that position? And they were there for like 15 or 20 minutes.
1: Tell them the event, though, what happened. Everyone wants to know yeah. what actually, what was the story? It's so this is the
2: you know, this, sad, this, bad. this is the this is the the long build up to. So you've got these two security guards standing watching this concert. They're back to the mall that they're supposed to be patrolling. And this very, very lovely. I don't want to do a disservice. I think she was 80 years old. And if not, she's pretty close. This 80 year old uh, woman had gone out to dinner with her friend. Friend's name was probably like Dorothy or Gertrude or something. It really, I think, was one of those names. She was just this adorable lady.
1: Yeah, I think it was Mildred.
2: Yeah, like it honestly it's one of those one of those names that when you hear your friend name their daughter, you know, Gertrude or something, you're like, Is
1: that name coming it back? Could been, it could have been um yeah, it could have been Mildred or yeah, Gertrude. Yeah, like Eleanor, I don't know. She yeah.
0: sounds but like such a sweet lady.
2: She was she honestly was and again, like a lot of times in this job, like you have to put yourself in the client's shoes and be able to like empathize with them. This was not difficult. It, this was the sweetest old lady her husband cared for her so much like but so this woman's out to dinner with her friend. They I forget where they had gone but they're leaving the restaurant. She's got her purse around her arm and these they were like in, like heroin addicts. They had been on this like crime spree and they were casing out the area for a while and they were casing the area. A couple people around the mall had noticed them suspicious characters. They made note of it. But these security guards who are supposed to be patrolling never saw them because they weren't patrolling. So these heroin addicts that have like, been casing out the area see this little old lady leaving the mall or leaving the restaurant, like, sprint up. One guy goes to grab her purse, and it's, like, attached to her arm. So when he pulls her down, her shoulder breaks, her hip breaks. She's getting dragged along while this guy's trying to steal her, uh, steal her purse. Eventually, that like, gets it, gets free, uh, and runs away. She was in the hospital for, I think it was weeks. She ended up getting MRSA, like multiple infections. Um, it, it was, it was horrible, but so she ended up with a broken shoulder. Remember she had grip issues. She then had all these different ways to open things. Her husband had to help her like cook her hip being broken. I didn't even realize that this is the, it's like medieval. The, the treatment for a broken hip is they essentially put you in like traction with a pulley system like essentially pulling your like leg back into place, like back into the socket. It's, it's wild. But so you can imagine for an 80 year old woman having broken shoulder, broken hip, um, multiple, multiple infections. It was a horrible, horrible ordeal. Um, Hurt really, really bad. And the tough thing in a case like that is like, like what's your instinct to blame? Like I've talked a lot about the security guards in the mall, but like it's your instinct to be like, well, who, who did what wrong? It's like, the criminal, the guy that grabbed her purse and pulled her down and broke her arm and like her hip. So in negligent security cases, it's like that a lot of times is the main defense. They'll be like, Oh, it's the criminal's fault. Like, what were we supposed to do? And that's where it kind of ties back into the things like, like foreseeability and what's the standard of care. And we did, it was an Oprah request for anything relating to like crime in the area. And I'm pretty positive that I got two things. One of them was that there was graffiti, like on certain areas of the mall. Um, I I got them to admit that like, you know, graffiti were like signs of like criminal activity. It's like a broken windows theory. Um, And they were like, yeah, so we were aware that that was going on. And there was like a theft at an Apple store, like somebody like shoplifted. And like those two events, the defendants filed a uh, motion to get out of the case to dismiss the thing. Like those two events were enough for the judge to say that it was foreseeable, that something like that could have happened. So the case survived this summary judgment motion to have the thing thrown out, and actually, I remember Jerry and I split the arbitration. I think I did liability, he did damages, and it ended up being—I don't want to misquote it. What was it like? It's like a two million dollar or something, like two million dollar plus like arb award. Um, been one. I'm confusing my millions these days, but uh, it, it ended up being like a really, really good award. I think Jerry's pulling something up.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my so, goodness. Whoa. so these are the these are can the two perps. In?
0: Can you zoom into that a little bit for the audience so they can see what these characters look like? Okay, perfect.
1: And they were—you could see—they appear to be—they're all like withdrawing from the drugs they were on. So, yeah, yeah, and that
2: like our whole theory in the case too is like so if you go out and hire a security firm. Like you have to, you've taken the step. You recognize that there's something potentially dangerous that could happen on your property, but that's not enough. You can't just go out and hire a security company. You have to communicate to them what they should be doing. That's not to say that they need to be like an expert in security or what, but, you know, there were no written protocols. They're like, I think the operations manual for the security company itself said, like, we never want two people standing next to each other. That doesn't accomplish like our goals. Um, and then for the security company itself, it's like, well, there's a standard of care. Like they were told what to do. They didn't follow it. So they ended up splitting it. I think it was actually, it was a million. I think they split it like 500,000 each, if I recall correctly, um, to pay it out, which for, you know, someone in their eighties, who went through something pretty horrible. Like that, that was pretty, uh, that was pretty good compensation, especially given the case had gone to trial and the defendant, the actual criminals had gone on the verdict sheet you know a jury could have put 100% liability on them or 80% liability on them whatever it may be and there we wouldn't be able to collect on that there would be no assets there'd be no like nothing to collect but
1: that's like for apartment complexes it's the same thing so with liability they have to have reasonable security and all that stuff so i don't know if that's if that is in any way making well yeah apartment- apartment apartment complex discussions anyway interesting but
0: I think Mark's story was very interesting and I'm laughing on the inside because whatever he described is an actual real life scenario partially in the sense where when Mark when you said they knew that there was going to be a concert across the streets they knew that there would be increased traffic in the area so the real life story like where I live, there's literally a concert place. I can see it from my office right now, out the window. And and they, we've been saying, get more security, get more security. And they did get security, right? I don't know if it's gonna be there all the time, but doors not being fixed and all that, because you know, it's, when you have a large venue that attracts a lot of people from all over a city to come to one place, And there's a parking structure attached to apartment complex where people are going to try to park and go into. So we did our little own snooping around. We went to go talk to the security officer to see because we want to know if we are being kept safe or not. So the security officer was like not letting she was doing a good job. Right. But was she there the whole the next time there was there? She wasn't there. So what happened to the building hiring people? right? Um, Another scenario, an older lady, she was walking her dog on the premises of the building in the back where they have like a walking area, but it's part of the property owned by the apartment complex. Well, the grass was really high because there's a ton of construction around and there's like like a hole in the ground. So her foot, when she stepped, because she couldn't see it, she stepped in the hole, she fell, she broke her wrist. I actually took her to the emergency room and helped her out and in my opinion and of course i'm going to think in lawyer terms right she literally could sue them if she wanted to but she's like no but like what's your thought on that liability it's not never clear cut right like we can say did she fall because a dog pulled the leash too hard now there's cameras around but what do you guys think of that because i'm just curious know, how do you like Things are never cut and dry. Like last time we talked about the automobile accidents and the camera, the dash cam. They're never cut and dry, says so lawyers for the audience. How do you guys go and determine who's really at fault and, and proving like, hey, they they were liable, the apartment complex.
2: Yeah, so I think we touched on this before too. The only wrinkle, kinda, or not only, but a wrinkle with the apartment complex cases. I know for a fact with the condo, potential condo association cases, is those bylaws, like it, it depends a lot of times like what those bylaws say. Like in New Jersey, sometimes it could say like gross negligence, which is a slightly higher standard of care than, than negligence um, that you could sue for. It all depends. Like I hate to give the politician like lawyer answer of like it depends, but it really does. Like, like saying someone fell in a hole that was obscured by like tall grass. There's so many different little variables. Was that hole on the apartment complex, like property, whose responsibility is it to maintain the grass? Exactly. Um, exactly. Is there like an outside, you know, is there like a, a, agreement between like a maintenance company and the apartment complex is the hole itself. Does that constitute like an unreasonably dangerous condition or like a dangerous condition? And then, yeah, you're right. If she's walking along in broad daylight and like trips and falls in this hole, not carrying anything like that's one set of facts. If it's nighttime, she falls. It's a different set of facts, like her dog pulling her. Cause what happens is even if you then have like, say it's cut and dry, that hole's dangerous. It shouldn't be there. We know who put it there. Um, and they didn't do anything about it. It's like, all right, that's great. And then what about the plaintiff? Did the plaintiff do anything wrong? Should the person that's suing, should they have been doing anything different? Were they carrying too much stuff like walking their dog? Cause then sometimes that can poke away at potential liability there. Again, it like really depends. That's like the classic, give the example, like being at a bar, someone comes up and like, hey, my friend's got this case. And it's like, well, what happened? They're like, they fell in a hole outside their apartment complex. Like, is that a case? And it's like, I don't know. Tell them to give us a call. We'll take a look at it and figure it out. But there's just, there's so much to it.
0: That's a great answer, Mark, because that's what people can see. There's a lot that goes into, you know, handling cases behind the scenes. It's never cut and dry. There's like a million factors to consider. So I think that's what the audience can take away from From this, you know, this comment that we're talking about.
2: And and different attorneys too, different law firms will have different views on cases. Like even internally, we'll talk through cases like one person might see it one way, another, you know, another way. And there's all these little different nuances to it that there there really is no just cut and dry.
0: Yeah, Mark, thanks so much for sharing that. I think that's a great, you know, scenario and example for people to understand. Um, One final question, and then we'll kind of wrap this thing up. What happens if someone is injured outside of their apartment complex, but within a few, let's say, 500 feet? Does that still count as being on the property or not? And I'm sure you're going to say the same thing. There's probably many different factors, but what are some of those factors?
1: So, under it, it It, dep- it all depends on the law of the state. Um, it just depends. And like Mark said, there's so many different variables and stuff. But one of the biggest variables to prevailing on a case like this is to get the right lawyer that knows how to do these cases and has experience and experience in trying cases and getting verdicts and stuff that's that's an enormous factor um, there's only so much the lawyer can do and it's a big it's a big factor but it's not everything but anyway, under New Jersey law it, it depends so for example, if generally with an apartment complex it would be hard to envision a scenario where, someone injured off the premises of the, apartment, of the apartment would have a claim against the apartment. But there are cases. So for example, if there's a dedicated parking area across the street from the apartment, and let's say it's not on the apartment's premises, but the apartment knows that visitors always park there, let's say it's some open lot or something or some somewhat abandoned lot, for example. And the, the uh, apartment knows that there are invitees or their people that visit the apartment will park there a lot, but there's not a safe way to get from the parking lot to the apartment, then there could be liability if the person gets hurt crossing the street. Or if there's like an adjacent parking lot and then there's a pathway to get to the apartment and same scenario, they know, but there's like a dangerous pathway or jagged rebar sticking up, then that's a scenario where off premises, they could potentially be responsible. But I think, as far as like a closing thought, um, I would say that if if you um, you know if you own an apartment complex, keep it safe. You know, do use common sense, be reasonable, get proper security, especially depending on if you're in a more crime area, and if you're living in an apartment complex, you know, get renter's insurance or if you own an apartment in the apartment complex, make sure you have liability insurance and everyone should just uh, be safe, you know, to try to prevent getting involved in a lawsuit.
0: Yeah. Thank you, Jerry. Mark, any any last thoughts?
2: No. And if if there are dangerous conditions or things going on in your apartment complex, like document it, report it, uh, because that can be really helpful down the road. Like saying, oh, hey, there was this dangerous thing for a long time is way different than saying, hey, there's this dangerous condition. Here's this email that I sent to the apartment complex owner. And they didn't do anything about it because, um, that, like Jay said,
1: yeah, that's a great that's a great point. If you know something's going on in your apartment complex, send an email, document it, because if something happens like that's huge evidence, like Mark said,
0: Yeah. That's a really great tip, Mark. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much. We will see you next time. And if you guys have questions for us, do not forget to go to questions at jerseyjusticepodcast.com and we may answer them live. And there you have it, folks. Another episode of Jersey Justice Podcast. If you're loving what you're hearing, it's time to hit that subscribe button on Apple, YouTube, and Spotify Podcasts. And don't forget to leave us a review online. Share this podcast with your friends and become their legal hero. Dive into more episodes at JerseyJusticePodcast.com or ClarkLawNJ.com and check out our show notes for more information. If you're navigating legal issues and need a guiding light or just a phone call away, call us at 1-877-841-8855. Again, one 841 8855 Until next time, Jersey Justice Warriors, stay empowered and informed.